true believers and strap in as we journey with Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Excelsior! Not to mention the evil genius and brilliant leadership of myself. Open the sky! Look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Matt Spectro through the multiverse! Once again, for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. My name is Matt Spectro, lifetime comic fan, lifetime superhero fan, lifetime fan of animation. And this is the podcast that exclusively talks the world of animation springing from the pages of comic books. We have a couple rules here. The one I just explained to you. Number two, this is like the old team-up books. Brave and the Bold, DC Comics Presents, Marvel Team-Up, Marvel 2-in-1. It's always me and a special guest teaming up to talk superhero or comic book animation and the most important rule we got to have fun so welcome to episode 10 this is a very exciting episode for any of you familiar with me i used to host a podcast truth justice and the new england pro wrestling way where you guessed it we talked about new england wrestling and i'm very happy to introduce this week's guest he is my former tag team partner from Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Welcome to the multiverse, Julian Starr. Wee, 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 wee. This is, I just went through a, a portal to get here. That's amazing. I'm so glad I'm here. It's been so long since I've talked to you, buddy. How you been? Good, good. It has been a while. We've chatted here and there, but not too many times. I'm, uh, I'm glad you picked up a new project, and I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Uh, it is sad that we had to end what we had going, but it seems like you're enjoying yourself here. So far, so good. Welcome to episode 10, and welcome to the multiverse. Yeah. I'm going to do a disclaimer to everybody out there, any of you people that are just here for comic books uh we might stray off the topic of wrestling a little bit because it used to be what we talked about and it's really been the first time we really had a good conversation wrestling is what you were known for that's where the name matt specter came from i mean you were a pro wrestler i was a pro wrestler we talked pro wrestling but no more my friend we're not here to talk about that we are not do you miss the uh world of podcasting honestly i do just doing this right now with you just for like we would we just I've been talking for like 20 seconds, and I'm like, wow, I remember <laughs> how much fun it was to just shoot the poop, if you will. The sad thing is when I uh, said, uh, I almost said my former partner from Matt Spectrum through the multiverse instead of the name of our old podcast. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's hard because now you have two podcasts roaming in your head. You have like set ways of getting into it. I can only imagine that you're crisscrossing the two. Now, the fans want to know, will... You ever return to the wrestling world of podcasts? The wrestling world or podcasts? The legions of fans. <laughs> I was thinking more about the podcast ever. Would you ever continue with a new partner or do your own podcast? No, I'm too lazy. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, if there was a simple way, I swear to God, if there was a simple way for me to do this from my newly built computer, completely done by myself, by the way, if there was a way for me to do it directly from my computer with decent sound, not like that Skype over radio sound, yeah, I'd probably do it. 
So you're saying if you never had to leave your bedroom. Correct. (laughs) Now you're getting it, pal. (laughs) All right. So before we get to this week's topic and this week's episode, for any of you who are unfamiliar or anybody who did listen to our old podcast, I always started every episode with a trivia question from my esteemed colleague. I thought I was done with these. (laughs) You got another one? No, we were on season two and you were actually, uh, you were beating the guest almost every week. Yes, I I was. I think you only had one loss. And on our very last episode, you did win the trivia question. Yes, which means there's no way I can really have a bad year. (laughs) So this one, I I did a, a mix of the two. This is a question relating to the world of comic books. And the world of professional wrestling. Hurricane Shane Helms. <laughs> That's always your always your answer. <laughs> All right, so this is what we're going to do. I'm going to name seven famous professional wrestlers. You need to tell me the film they appeared in that is based on a comic book. Oh, boy. I will give it to you if you can get four out of seven right. That will be good enough. Okay. Are you ready? You can play along as home, but no phones. You have to come up with this from memory. We're going to start easy. Okay. David Batista, what film, name any film he appeared in that was based on a comic book. How mad would you be if I got this wrong? <laughs> if you got this wrong, we might as well just stop because you, <laughs> you wouldn't get the other six. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, that is correct. All right, Julian is one for one. All of you listening should be one for one at this point. That was the easiest one. All right, number two, what film based on a comic book did the Macho Man Randy Savage appear in? Spider-Man. You are a for two. <laughs> he played Bonesaw. Bonesaw's ready. They never could have seen this coming, but the original character from the comic back way, way back in the first appearance of Spider-Man was actually named Crusher Hogan. Oh, really? So you can probably see why they changed it with uh, Macho Man. Yeah. <laughs> he was probably like, no way, brother, I'm not doing that. All right. He's two for two, ladies and gentlemen. You only need two to win. All right. Two more, I should say. Easy. What comic book-based film did Triple H appear in? Okay, so I know this answer, but I don't know the number. All right. I know it's Blade. Okay. I don't know if it's Blade 3. You are correct. All right. (laughs) Blade Trinity technically was the name of the film, but it was Blade 3. All right. Jarko Grimwood. Yes, I know he's a vampire. I thought it was terrible. You are correct. Because <laughs> he does his spine buster. <laughs> it bothered me that he didn't fight Blade, really. He fought yeah. Ryan Reynolds. Yes, he fought, uh, that was Deadpool. No? No, no not, he was Hannibal King. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Ryan Reynolds the only guy to play two Marvel characters and a DC character. <laughs> that, yeah, it's so weird. Because I forgot he was Deadpool in the X-Men when he did the, they did the yeah, terrible. Yeah, he was in Wolverine Origins. Yes, okay. That's I mean, other characters have been in both DC and Marvel, but he's the only one to play two different Marvel characters <laughs> and a DC character. He might, right. he might be the next, he might be the Johnny Cage in Mortal Kombat 2. I, I, I did hear that. I heard him and uh, the guy from Sons of Anarchy were the two rumors I've heard. Oh, I didn't yeah. hear that one. I hope they don't choose him. Uh, I'm not going to give you this one because you've gotten three right and you only need one more to get it right. Okay. So I'm going to give you a harder one first. What film, based on a comic book, did Jesse the Body Ventura appear in? Oh, wow. That is a hard one. I figured uh, we've been a little too easy for the first three. <laughs> so this is the win, so I had to go a little harder. Jesse the Body Ventura. Just based on the way he looks, I'm going to go with Superman. <laughs> Any particular Superman? There's been quite. I, w- I would have no idea. <laughs> <I'm not> 
You might have already won that home. You might have gotten the four out of seven. Jesse the Body Ventura appeared in the film Batman and Robin back in 1997. Oh, He played really? Arkham Asylum guard. <laughs> I didn't even know that. And I've seen all of those Batmans when I was a kid, so... They uh, bust on Arnold to play Mr. Freeze, and then Poison Ivy ends up blowing some pollen in him and the other guards. Face. Okay. It's a smaller role, so. I do remember that, but I now that you're saying that, it's like in my head, I still don't see Jesse in that. All right. This is for the win. You have three chances left to win. All right. This one's a bit of a cheat. My odds are good. In what film based on a comic book did Zeus appear? Who's also known as Tiny Lister Jr., I believe. Yeah. The late, great Tiny Lister Jr., who was an actor who became a wrestler. So this one's a bit of a cheat. But it's he did appear in a film based, based on, on a com- comic book. Based on a comic book? Zeus? Really? I'm trying to like run through movies in my head. I mean... I, I'll give you a small hint. Much like Jesse Ventura, he was not like a huge... He was in a role. He had dialogue. You would definitely recognize him. Uh, it's not, it doesn't have to... It's just a superhero movie? It's not necessarily a superhero movie. It's a movie, any movie based on a comic book. Uh, Batman, Dark Knight. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we have a winner! <laughs> yes! He played Tattooed Prisoner <laughs> in The Dark Knight. Yes, I do remember now. All right, Julian keeps his trivia streak. Woo! Got four out of five, so that was pretty impressive. I'm oh, going to give you the last two just for bonus. I do want to hear. Uh, one is hard, one is easy. This professional wrestler appeared in two different movies based on comic books. So if you can get either one, great. If you can get both, but this doesn't take away, you've won. Okay. Kevin Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash was in... Oh, my God. I remembered him because I was like, oh, that's Kevin Nash. You know what? I, I got nothing. I'm not going to hold up the Neither podcast. One. Yeah. He appeared in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. Oh, that okay. So that's the one I'm thinking <laughs> Played of. the Super Shredder. Yes. Yes. He also appeared in the Thomas Jane Punisher film, oh. playing the Russian. I uh, See, I wouldn't have known that. He had no dialogue whatsoever. <laughs> I didn't see the Punisher at all. And the final one, even though Julian already has it right, I saved this one for last because this one might have been an easier one that you might have needed, but you've already won. Okay. What film based on a comic book did the Celtic warrior Seamus appear in? Oh, no. Seamus. I don't know. All right. Well, good thing you've already won. <laughs> he appeared in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Oh. He actually played Rocksteady. Oh, well, I never saw that movie. So. <laughs> Just the, the two Michael Bay turtles? No. With Megan. Oh, they're both terrible. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. He was, he was in the second one. He actually played Rocksteady. I don't think I've seen a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles since <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> but you did win. You got four out of seven. Hell yeah. Kudos to you. All right. So to move on. Exciting trivia. I won't add that every week, but maybe I will. Maybe every time you're on the show, we'll, uh, we'll do it. <laughs> so once ever. <laughs> so this week, we're going to talk. This was Julian's choice. Not necessarily the cartoon, but the character. We're going to talk Ultimate Spider-Man. So you picked Spider-Man, so uh, I assume he would be your favorite superhero. Uh, he's one of I'd say like if you had to split up Marvel DC, then he is my Marvel superhero, yeah. I had done Spider-Man on a previous episode. All you know that because you, you listen every week. You never miss an episode. Yes. So we decided to do from a different run. We're going to do Ultimate Spider-Man. Now we're going to give you a little background on this. This was uh, Marvel Animation produced this. We're actually going to do episode one, Great Power. This original air date was April 1st, 2012. This was the first Disney Spider-Man cartoon after they purchased Marvel Comics. Sony 
relinquished their TV rights to Spider-Man, which I find weird. They kept the rights because they did Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Far From Home, but they've relinquished their television rights to Marvel. So this was their first Spider-Man cartoon. This is the eighth cartoon series based on Spider-Man. That's insane to me because I only know the one from the 90s. It was just called Spider-Man, and it was like from 94 to 7? Yeah, 94, was it? Yeah, it was 94, I think, to 97. I think you are correct. And uh, that's the only one I know. So this, you, how many? This is the eighth the series. eighth series? I couldn't even name them all, and I'm the host in the comics fan. <laughs> when was the first series? The, the original Spider-Man series, I think, was 1967, wow. I believe. And then they did the Spider-Man is Amazing Friends, which actually had a season of just Spider-Man that went with it. So I assume they're counting them both. And Spider-Man the Animated Series that you're talking about. Spider-Man... Unlimited, which came out, I think, in 1999. And there's this one, Ultimate Spider-Man. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like five right there. There's more. That's insane. There's got to be. I mean, maybe not now because I don't think there's many Saturday morning cartoons or anything like it used to be with all these. Like, superhero cartoons are huge. And I I feel like there's none now. Uh, Right now, I'm sure a lot of the DC ones come out direct to DVD. There's Teen Titans Go still exists. There's that. I can't never remember the name, but the one where it's all like the female characters. It's a little more cartoony. Um, going back to our topic of Ultimate Spider-Man, this is the third longest Marvel animated cartoon tied with X-Men Evolution. And this is, I believe, the longest running Spider-Man animated series. It beat out Spider-Man the Animated Series. Really? So I couldn't find a lot into the creative. Paul Denny was one of the uh, producers, and he's the writer of this particular episode. He's very known in the world of animation he created batman the animated series working a lot of the dc stuff he's done a lot of other marvel the producers were a steven siegel joe kelly joe casey and duncan rouleau that team did ben 10 and generator rex i've heard of ben 10 okay. never heard of generation whatever that was <laughs> <laughs> and uh they brought a lot of comic book artists who worked at marvel to get the style similar to marvel and uh most of the artwork was inspired by the comic artist Stuart. I don't know how to say this. M- 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 it's spelled I M M O M E N. I mean, I know who he is, but you know, you never, when you read a comic, you don't necessarily pronounce it. So, yeah. <laughs> the episode that we're going to be talking, Great Power, was directed by Alex Soto, Phil Pignati, and Tim Eldred. And it is the first episode in The Ultimate Spider-Man. Like I said, the original dare date was April 1st, 2012. This is also another first for Matt Spectra through the multiverse. This is the first episode where we're going to review a cartoon that I've never actually seen, even an episode of. I was just going to say, I've never actually seen a single episode of Ultimate Spider-Man. I've only, like I said, watched the one from 94, 97. My brother John actually would always have it on TV on Saturdays, and I would just hang out with him, and it would be on. So that's kind of how I watched them all. Wasn't as big a fan back then as I learned to appreciate later in life. Yeah, this is this will be interesting. I kind of ask, and I, some people can't put it into words. Was there anything particular about Spider-Man that appealed to you? Um, honestly, I, I don't know. I think it's because, and it, I don't know what it is about Spider-Man. I think it's like as a kid, like if I had to choose powers, his seem fun. If that makes sense, like when no, if I had to be a superhero. Spinning webs, climbing walls, being able to sense stuff before it's going to hit or whatever, having the spider sense, like everything about his character just seems like that would be the most fun to be. Like Captain America seems very boring to me. Watch it. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man is too, 
he's like clunky Batman to me. Thor's just he's a god, so eh. It's not really a superhero to me. I mean, he is, but it, you know what I mean. Um, I don't know. It's just something human about Spider-Man in a sense that everyone else in my mind doesn't feel like, I don't know. They just don't feel human as human as Spider-Man does. He always, in the Marvel Universe, always felt a little more grounded in reality. I know that sounds weird being that yes. the powers of some of his villains, but yes, that's one thing I've always said about Spider-Man. Unlike the rest of the Marvel Universe, he always seemed more grounded in reality. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that like helps with Spider-Man is being able to relate to him. Like He's just a kid going through school. You know, He's going through the hardships of life, and it's not like he's rich. It's not like he's an ex-military guy who's a superhuman. It's not like he has all these... Like, he doesn't have this... Like, he's not an alien. Yeah, he doesn't have a, a spoon in his mouth, basically. He is... He made a silver spoon. Is what yeah, you sorry. I, I just assumed that was... I just assumed everyone knew what I was talking about, but he doesn't have a silver spoon in his mouth. Uh, he's just a normal person who was granted some abilities, and it's not like his life changed for the better. I mean, yeah, he became a superhero, and yeah, he has these powers, but he still struggles through life every day. And so like, I think something like that makes me like him more. All right, and um, Brian Michael Bendis had worked on the show as well, writing some of the episodes, and he was the writer of the comic book Ultimate Spider-Man, which is this is ultimately based on, which was, for anyone who doesn't know, it's when they did the Ultimate Lines. It was basically almost a reimagining of some of the classic characters. So for any new writers, I should say any new readers, they wouldn't have 30 to 40 years of backstory. It was almost like taking the material and kind of reintroducing it. Now, I always give credit where credit is due, and uh, when I looked up, this episode, there's a lot of characters and stuff we have to discuss. Quite a few apparently are jammed into this episode. I'm really intrigued to see what how this is going to unfold. Are they characters that I'm going to be aware of? Some of them, not all of them. Like, okay. Obviously, Spider-Man was created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and you're going to hear those names a lot. <laughs> he is voiced by Drake Bell. Who, really? Yes. So you, uh, you I know, know exactly who Drake Bell is. Drake and Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's who does Spider-Man? Yeah, he's the voice of Spider-Man. No way. All right. Some of this, because Julian, I'm a little older than Julian. He's more of a kid of the, I'm a child more of the 80s. He's more of a child of the 90s. So a lot of this is going to probably, you're going to know more than I am. Yeah. So I'm just going to run, run it all down. Mary Jane, or MJ, created by Stan Lee and John Romita Sr. She is voiced by uh, Tara Strong. Don't know who that is. Who also voiced Thundra on this episode. We're going to get to her in a minute. Okay. Tara Strong is a very famous female voice actor. She does the voice of Raven on um, Teen Titans Go. She's the voice of Tommy Turner on Fairly Odd Parents. Oh, okay. Dill Pickles on Rugrats. No way. Uh, and I believe she's one of the Powerpuff Girls as well. Yeah, okay. Now that you're saying that, that makes sense. Uh, she's even done voices on like Rick and Morty and Family Guy, some of the she, adult cartoons she, yeah, as okay. well. I know exactly who it is now. Aunt May created by Steve Ditko and Stanley, is voiced by a Misty Lee, who I never heard of, apparently is some sort of magician and uh, voice <laughs> actress. I'm going to do the, the supporting cast first of uh, Spider-Man, then we're going to get to the villains, because there's a lot. J. Jonah Jameson, also created by Stanley and Steve Ditko, is voiced by J.K. Simmons, who you should know played J. Jonah Jameson in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. He's been in many, many things. He's also the voice of Omni-Man on Invincible. I'm probably a face to a name. What's yeah. his name? J.K. Simmons. I feel like I know who um, he is. He's on the TV show Crossing Jordan, I believe, but he played J. Jonah Jameson in the, the original three Spider-Man films. Oh, with uh, Toby? Yes. I, yes. Okay. I, I knew his He voice. also was in Spider-Man um, Far From Home. He played J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man Far From yeah. Home as well. I'm pretty sure 
I, I'll have to look, but even the Spider-Man vi- video games that just recently released, I'm pretty sure he's Most J. Jonah Jameson. Would not surprise me. He seems to really have taken to the <laughs> That's the only role he's known for. Now, uh, Norman Osborn, who is the Green Goblin, created by Stephen Lee and Steve Ditko. He is voiced by Steve Weber, who is most famous for being on the TV show Wings. You might know him as the claim shucker from Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> okay. Or, or Big Cowboy Hat. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, when you said Wings, it just for some reason reminded me of, uh, it's not Step Brothers, it's um, the one where the- Days of Glory? Or? No, no, it's a movie where, it has nothing to do with Will Ferrell, it's, okay. it's the movie where they're like, uh, they get in trouble, they're selling like Red Bulls or something, and then they- Oh, role model. Yes, and that guy playing the guitar is like, is that Wings? <laughs> <laughs> Harry Osborne, the son of Norman Osborne, is created by Stanley and Steve Ditko. He is voiced by a Matt Lanter. You might know he played Liam Court on the 90210 spinoff show. Yeah, I exactly, I know exactly who that is. He also did the voice of Anakin Skywalker on Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Okay. Flash Thompson, the bully of Peter Parker, yep. Stanley and Steve Ditko, and he is also voiced by Matt Latner as well, so All we don't right. need to go over that. <laughs> All right, villains. Obviously, we just covered the Green Goblin. I'm very intrigued to watch this when I, I looked at the villains that appear on this episode. The Trapster, your favorite villain, I'm sure. Who? <laughs> That's a real villain? Otherwise known as Pace Pot Pete. <laughs> he is created by Jack Lee and I'm Jack Lee. Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And he is also voiced by Stephen Weber from the movie Role Models, apparently. So. In this cartoon, you're telling me there's a, a villain named the Trapster? Yeah, the Trapster. <laughs> I was really shocked when, because uh, I, I do the show notes before we watch it. Yeah. And I was shocked he was on this episode. You know this villain? Yeah, he's part of the uh, the Frightful Four. Uh, who? <laughs> as you can tell, Julian's not as averse in the, all of the world. No, no. If it doesn't, if it didn't exist in the cartoon from '94 to '97, or the current movies or video games, I don't know who they are. Wizard, <laughs> what? Created by Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Larry Lieber. He is also a member of the Frightful Four. Okay. Voiced by Tom Kenny, a very famous voice actor. But you're gonna know him most. He played a Heifer Wolf on Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, Heifer. Rocco's Modern Life was one of my favorite cartoons. That was my favorite cartoon. That actually, I remember it came up on an episode of our podcast together that yeah. came up once because I think I called it the wrong name at the time. Yes. I, I called it Martin World. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thundra, who we discussed earlier, voiced by Tara Strong as well. She was created by Roy Thomas and John Buscemi. And to round out the villain's claw... These are some bangerang names here. <laughs> he was in, uh, the character was in Avengers Age of Ultron and Black Panther. What? Did you see Black Panther? I did. Yeah, he's the white guy who's got, he's missing the arm and he has the, the laser for an arm instead. Why don't I remember this? I saw Black Panther played, in theaters. <laughs> he played Gollum in uh, the Lord of the Rings movie. Uh, I, he played I, I know, uh, I know Snoke in the, the Disney Star Wars. But I just don't remember Claw. <laughs> well, he was created by Jack Lee and Jack Lee. I keep saying that. Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. And he was also voiced by uh, Matt Latner, famous from <laughs> everything. <laughs> and this is quite the list. Finally, Nick Fury appears on this. Now, the character Nick Fury was originally created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby, but this particular version is the more Sam Jackson version of Nick Fury, created ah. by Brian Michael Bendis and Mike Allred. And he's voiced by Chi McBride. He's been in a lot. I knew his face. 
he was Lou Grover on the updated Hawaii Five-0. Uh, <laughs> Again, so if, the show uh, I never watched. If former guest Jamie Janikowski is listening, he will probably know what he is. And if you saw She McBride, you would recognize he's one of those guys who you've seen in something you just never knew. Just never name. know. You. Okay. Quite a lot of people are jammed into this episode we're about to watch. I'm, I'm very intrigued on how we pull this off. Other characters show up, but they're so brief that I didn't. We'll talk about it a little bit when we review it, but uh, I'm not going to get into it now. So now that we've unpacked all that, we're going to go into watching Ultimate Spider-Man, Episode 1, April 1st, 2012. Great power. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We'll be right back to Ultimate Spider-Man on Disney XD. Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sinister Six Color Shock Slingers and Masks. Now you can web sling your way with colored webs. Three different colors to shock your enemies. Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man Color Shock Slingers and Masks, each sold separately. The Incredible Hulk meets Spider-Man. Each figure a foot tall and fully poseable. All you need is a piece of string, and here comes Spider-Man. Avalanche! This is a job for the Hulk. The Incredible Hulk with a face that's mean. Lots of muscle and skin that's green. Superhero Hulk. Good job, handsome. The Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man from the Superhero Collection. Each sold separately by Mego. A brand new series on Disney XD. You know me, Peter Parker, a.k.a. Spider-Man. That is cool. With great power comes great responsibility. Whatever. I haven't watched this suit in a week. You're not right in the head. Saving the world Spidey style. Oh, yeah. Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man. Next week, only on Disney XD. Meanwhile, at the Podcast of Justice. Hopefully you watched it on the break as well. Julie and I just watched Ultimate Spider-Man Episode 1, Great Power. And I got to say, very, um, a lot goofier than I really expected. Yeah, it was, uh, there was just so much going on. It was just, it was like, it was like transition, 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 transition between like them trying to, I don't want to skip ahead or anything, but them trying to fit in the story, the origin, like how, basically how we got to this point, you know what I mean? That, with all the, like you said, all the goofy natures to it, it's not the Spider-Man I grew up with. I would say, um, I'm going to get more into it when we get to the end and give our overview. It really, the best way I could describe it is if the creators of Family Guy created a Deadpool cartoon is almost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It seemed like there was a lot of cutaways and he breaks the fourth wall throughout the thing talking to the camera, which I did not expect. If that's your reference to Deadpool, then yeah, I would say that that is very swearing and violence. (laughs) Yes. If that's your reference to Deadpool, then yes, he does break the fourth wall a lot. It's weird. That's what I mean, though, is like between the story that's happening during the episode and then he breaks the fourth wall to be like, by the way. You know, Uncle Ben's dead. If you didn't know, it's like it's like it's stuff like that. And then in between that is like weird transitions to like cartoonish emojis and yeah. weird Japanese. Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It's just it was just it literally just felt like a trippy Spider-Man. Yeah, hopefully you watch it because some of this we're not going to really be able to do justice. So we open in Times Square. 
where JJJ is on the big screen, as always, claiming Spider-Man is a menace. <laughs> and he swings in. He's complaining about how he's getting yelled at by Jameson. Calls him a loud mouth, in fact. That's um, how he wakes up. <laughs> Not with a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, doing the old inner monologue, you know, swinging around the city, reminding us that he has to uh, pick up a cake for Aunt May. I think she said wedding, but did they ever really get into what the cake was for? No, no, because then they get later on, uh, skip ahead, they mention the cake again, but they, oh, I think it, they did mention it. They did mention what it was for. I don't know if you want me to say it now. We'll, we'll remember it later okay. on. So I do remember. So then um, we establish that he's been Spider-Man for a year. Yes. That gets established. Well, almost a year. Almost, almost a year. Like so August. they're definitely still doing the teenager. A cop car is crashing out of control and he saves it, kind of. It still crashes, but he saves it so yes. there's nobody hurt. The cop even says he thinks Jameson uh, might be wrong about him. Spider-Man asks him to spread the word. And then, here we go. <laughs> here comes the trapster. He's the one. And I got to tell you, you could have given me 100 guesses to guess what the first villain to appear on a new Spider-Man cartoon, and the trapster would not have been <laughs> in the top 100. When, the uh, trapster. When they pan up and they see his goggles and stuff, no joke, my man went, oh, the shocker. And then he has a gun. And I'm like, Shocker doesn't have a gun. And then he's like, Trapster. And I'm like, who? <laughs> full disclosure, I have a soft spot for the Trapster because of the time period I read comics, but he's really a terrible villain. Super dull. <laughs> and his costume is nothing like the purple and yellow he wears. In the, in, <laughs> he's just He looks like an exterminator. He says this is uh, the third time he's fought the Trapster yes. this year. Yes, just in one year. <laughs> which... which I, Really discredits the justice system in <laughs> New York. This time he's going to beat him, though. And he calls him Bug Brain. Uh, yes. <laughs> so so then, he is an exterminator. I get Not really. I mean, his main thing is his glue gun. I he, know. He has a weird glue gun, but he's a trapster. A extermin- I don't know. Maybe it comes. he comes across as an exterminator to me. So um, he's going to learn from a mistake. He uh, punches him. And they even have the old Batman 60s sound effect. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't mind. It was very comic booky. That's something I did like about this new take was it was almost like I was watching a comic book happen. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I could. I could a probably, comic book in motion. I could see that. Um, and then right when he's going to shoot him, he clogs the glue gun. Did I say that? Glue gun? Glue gun. <laughs> well, first... Trapster shot Spider-Man against the wall, trapping yes, him to the, the wall. And then... And that's when he was able to free just a hand to yeah, and, stop the gun. And it blows up and traps the trickster in his own glue. Yes. But then somehow he got free from the glue after the authorities were already working on him. He yeah. gets free from the glue and starts jetting down the street until... I think he's like spot with a weapon. Well, first he's like, he looks all wide-eyed and like something's happening, but uh, yes. my spider sense isn't working. He actually explains how his spider sense works. Yes. And then you see up in the sky, the shield helicarrier. He's like, it doesn't normally fly so low. And then shows up Nick Fury, and it is the Sam Jackson version of Nick Fury, which I believe they designed that character around Sam Jackson. So it wasn't like an amazing coincidence. I believe they originally... Did design the character to resemble. Well, I'm glad you told me that because after we, we, before I know that, I watched it and went, wow, it looks a lot like Sam Jackson. <laughs> right then we get to the opening credits. So that was like a big opening credit scene. But then he brings up that uh, he's trashed the city. 
Captain America would have beat him in so much quicker. <laughs> uh, like five seconds. Yeah. Took you three, three minutes. minutes to do it. <laughs> yeah. And he starts to basically crap on Spider-Man for his efforts. Although saving the town, he destroys, tips over a car, breaks a building. Yeah, you see like a fire hydrant. Yeah, the fire hydrants, a fire in the background. I, I believe this is when Nick Fury starts to pitch joining the S.H.I.E.L.D. because he could make him a lot like Captain America and Iron Man. Because Iron Man didn't learn it first. Yes. He even says that everyone starts out clueless rookie. Yes. And we cut to a scene of Iron Man, <laughs> which is almost shot for shot from the first Iron Man movie. Yes. Of him like crashing in his garage. But he offers to train him. Spider-Man says he's not interested. Yeah. Spider-Man thinks he's got this handled, you know, that he, he understands the job and that he doesn't need the help of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is so weird because when you look at the movies now, all Spider-Man wants to do is be a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., but in this cartoon, not so much. So he's about to leave, but then Fury calls him Peter Parker. Nick Fury knows his secret identity. Hey, you know why? Secret agent. (laughs) He is a secret agent. That is true. So then um, once that he says, oh, that, uh, you know, he's a super spy, I believe is why Peter thinks that he knows him and then he has a big flashback revealing his origin that he lived with uncle ben and aunt may and got the uh the radioactive spider bite Mm -hmm. making his whole origin and that uncle ben see this is the thing i don't get even (laughs) nick fury says great power comes responsibility and he says great words from a great man how the hell does nick fury know that uncle ben told peter parker (laughs) The great power comes great responsibility. I'll say it again. Super spy. <laughs> Maybe Nick Fury's like 5,000 years old and he just doesn't age and he's just been watching Spider-Man because he just knew. I, you would have to imply that he has been spying on Peter Parker long before he yes. really was even Spider-Man or maybe right when he became Spider-Man, which which is a little creepy. Yeah. Well, maybe he learned because, and I don't know if the time, correct me if I'm wrong on this timeline, but doesn't he become Spider-Man then Uncle Ben dies? Yes. he's. He, so maybe he learned about the yeah, spider he gives him the After he becomes Spider-Man, he gives him the great power speech and then he dies later yeah, on. Yeah, so but. maybe <laughs> he learned about this guy who has these spider powers and did spy on him, but then he would have had to have somehow been watching him in the room the day that that was said to him. I suppose that could be possible. Possibly he's a super spy. Anything is possible. It's also reminded that today would have been Uncle Ben's birthday. Yes, which I believe that's what the cake is for. Which why you'd have a cake for your dead uncle's birthday is a little <laughs> morbid to me. But uh, well, there's there's people that celebrate dead people all the time. They just they never let go. And then Fury says uh, he wants him to be a better Spider-Man. That he could train him to become Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Nothing's better than any show in the world that makes sure to throw their title into some script. <laughs> Spider-Man's response is how ultimate is ultimate, <laughs> which is uh, very bizarre to me, but uh, okay. Right after that, they see the trapster escapes Nick Fury, but Nick shoots the head of a flagpole that knocks him out, Yes, saying that is ultimate. Then Spider-Man gets a phone call from Mary Jane, and he says... I'm thinking about changing my ultimate cell phone to ultimate vibrate. <laughs> How about it? So at this point, we're, we're really hammering home ultimate. <laughs> like, Do you get it? <laughs> Do you know the name of the show now? <laughs> he says he should get some new tech. He could be a better hero like the next Iron Man or 
Captain America. Captain America. And then we switch to there's a camera that's uh, watching Spider-Man, and you realize that it's uh, Norman Osborn that is uh, spying on him. And he says that Spider-Man is the key to military superiority. So he wants to take Spider-Man the way he is. Clone and then use him to, uh, I guess, sell to the highest bidder. Yes, he wanted to make like a Spider-Man army in this episode. He had, well, he had visualized taking Spider-Man and being able to clone him into a bunch of other types of Spider-Mans, and then you sell that army off to the highest bidder. Yeah, he's going to inform his allies that we're moving on to uh, Phase Two, where it appears he is actually speaking to uh, Doctor Octopus, but he's in the shadows. I mean, I mean, all right, it's Doctor Octopus. Let's not. <laughs> but uh, he does, doesn't he say Doctor Octavius? Uh, he does at some point. I can't remember if it was at that particular point, but I do remember him saying yeah. Octavius at that one point in time. So then we switch to Midtown High, and Mary Jane asks, uh, "You know, where's Peter Ben?" He says the uh, bus broke down. <laughs> Which she, it seems to me that she would have heard about that from other students. She also, well, she didn't believe him. She said, yeah, right. But she never followed up with that. <laughs> I mean, if you gave me a bull excuse, wouldn't you follow up? Like, no, really? Why are you late? Well, <laughs> you and I used to work at the same place. So if a bunch of us carpooled, <laughs> and then one day I didn't show up, and I told you, oh, the car broke down, but everybody else in the carpool got there on time. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't you think that's a little strange? Yes. And I would question you until you gave me an answer. Yeah. A valid answer or an answer I'm willing to accept. So then we get another flashback that they've been best friends since childhood and they have all these uh, flags and whatnot and uh, they even try and uh, kiss in the flashback, but they both react negatively. Uh, the young kids. They don't like it. It's cooties. So I don't know if they're going to build up to it or they're just going to keep them friends. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have to watch all five seasons. And then shows... JJJ on the phone again, ranting about Spider-Man. This is when you find out that uh, Mary Jane wants to be a reporter. JJ is going to give her her first job, she says, which is another bizarre. Now, granted, I didn't read all of the Ultimate Spider-Man comic books, so maybe they made that change, but she was never working for the, the Daily Bugle uh, ever, so, and I never was a reporter, <laughs> so that was a little weird to me. Yeah. Then, right after that, who should appear but Harry Osborn? The son of one Norman Osborn. It's weird that like they pushed him as like this super cool kid because like I knew of Spider-Man because of the 94-97 series and then obviously the Tobey Maguire movies. But like in the Tobey Maguire movies, he's just a rich kid. He's not a rich, cool like this kid seemed like he was the the bee's knees of that school. Yeah. He, like everybody loves him. Like, yeah. Spidey says he loves him. In fact, they do a flashback of their friendship. There's a lot of flashbacks <laughs> in this episode. They're really trying to uh, jam it all into like one episode. This is the. I think Spider-Man is starting to suffer from the Batman issue, which is we got to tell you the origin. <laughs> You're gonna have to see Uncle Ben die. You're gonna have to see where we got to. Well, they're just they're introducing the entire mythos in one episode, yeah. so they're really, really jumping right to it. Well, that's because I think the, the idea of it is so that way anyone who doesn't know what Spider-Man is, if you jump in for the first time, we'll give you the quick synopsis because we're not planning on spending our entire season building the character to where we got to, you know all the way to season two we just want to let you know now because we want to spend five seasons showing him fight crime that's uh, my guess that makes sense and they show a flashback of um them in the limo harry peter and norman and there's definitely some tension between harry and norman yes but he actually uh peter makes norman a uh, smile you know he uh how do you do that um well i gotta 
<laughs> well, no, that's that's what Harry says to him. Oh, right? yeah. He's like, how did you do that? How did you do that? And he said, it's uh, just a gift, I guess. Uh, and he talks about how uh, it was basically telling him about how uh, his Uncle Ben wouldn't let him uh, get out of line. And that that's what wins over Norman Osborn. <laughs> and that's when he says how he's surprised that it made him smile. Since then, they've been best friends forever. And then the flashbacks interrupted by our resident bully, Flash Thompson. Tells him it's locker knocker time. <laughs> I don't know if anyone out there knows what knockers are, but it was weird that they used that term. But either way, like they go to another flashback. Yeah, a, a flashback of all the bullying. Yeah, and then they have they to explain children. that Flash has been bullying him since they were kids. And- now, I got to tell you. This is going to come to a shock to you. Okay. I was not the coolest kid in school. <laughs> what? Maybe bullied a little bit, not like excessively. I can't picture that. I've never heard the phrase locker knocker <laughs> until I watched this cartoon. There was no locker knocker time in your day? <laughs> there was no locker knocker. <laughs> I can't picture you being bullied. Well, I wasn't always large. I know, but I also I just don't picture you being bullied. I picture you being like, you just fall into the crowd. Well, I tried desperately. I wanted to just fall in the crowd. <laughs> but I was a very unconfident kid. Ah. Stan Lee lets him out of the locker because a locker knocker apparently is to shove someone into a locker. He had a fantasy of getting revenge as Spider-Man, but he knows that would be wrong. Yes. Also, I, I did laugh when I saw Stan Lee pop out and I was just like, I, I just thought it was great that they... Yeah, he's the janitor, actually, but uh, he lets him out of there. Then he tells a story about how he would box someone. <laughs> yeah, Irving Forbish. Yes. <laughs> which is a reference to an old character, Forbish Man, from way back in the 60s. So it makes it seem like Stan Lee's like the crazy janitor. That, yes. Uh, I hope, if I watch more, that that character is reoccurring. Uh, me too, because he was pretty funny in that one minute. <laughs> he was. <laughs> then they go to the uh, back to the cafeteria, and uh, crashing through the wall is the wizard... Thundra and Claw. When I saw these characters, I was like, there was no effort put into any of these. <laughs> None whatsoever. And uh, Thundra, literally, I was like, that's, that's Renegade Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> She's like from a alternate future. Um... Yeah, it's like alternate future <laughs> universe or reality or something like that. And then the best, this is my favorite, probably my favorite bit of the episode is... Uh, He's like, oh, my God, it's the Frightful Four. And Mary, <laughs> and Mary Jane says, uh, there are only three of them. <laughs> yeah. That actually made me laugh, too. Well, they explained that the Trapster was the fourth member of the, but he's been captured by Spider-Man. Yes. They somehow have tracked that Spider-Man attends this school. I guess because he's always solving crimes in the area and they know he's a teenager as well? No, no. Later on, as we go down the road, you find a tracker on his armpit. You are correct. That Trapster actually shot and it got stuck in there. I almost, and this is going to sound silly because it's a, it's a superhero cartoon and you have to suspend reality, but I almost got mad at that moment because I was like, are you trying to tell me this guy doesn't wash his suit at all? But... During that scene, he makes a reference and says, I haven't washed this suit in 10 days, uh, all week. So we jumped ahead again. You're right. I did forget about that. But they want nobody's going to confess to what they know about Spider-Man. Yes. They shoot Pete with a uh, sound wave to get him to talk. Claw does because no one's going to talk. And Peter can't take it anymore. He so can't he says take it anymore. He'll stop it. I'll talk. And Wizard said, "Dah, he's definitely not Spider-Man then. Because <laughs> Spider-Man would have been able to withstand the pain. Exactly. He... Definitely would have been able to say that. He wouldn't confess. So what does Spider-Man have to say? 
food fight. <laughs> Starts chucking food across the thing, and at some of the villains and all the other kids are joining in. Yeah, so everyone like, throwing <laughs> everyone throwing food at them, and uh, he webs claws. So he accidentally. This is how Spider Man sneaks away and gets into his yes. Spider Man persona. He webs claws, so he blasts himself in the head with his own sound wave. Now. In reality, I, again, I know we're supposed to suspend, but in reality, there's a giant food fight going. There's millions of kids in this lunchroom. You're going to tell me no one watched one child climb backwards up a wall like they were the character from The Ring? Like, Nope. Uh, uh, not one kid saw that. And then it's not like you can't just look up and look into a ceiling. No one saw him change into Spider-Man up there on the ceiling? <laughs> they did not. Nobody at all. Amazing. And that's when, like you referenced, he discovered that he did have the tracker on his suit, and he does say that he has not washed his suit in a yes. week. Almost. I literally was about to get mad at that logic, but then he, he explained it, which means that the creators, when they wrote the cartoon, said the same thing, which makes me happy. So then they do let uh, Doc Ock know, Otto Octavius, that they have actually found Spider-Man. This is his school. And uh, Norman's like freaking out because my son is there. You got to be careful. Mm-hmm. He throws Claw into the wizard. The wizard throws a table at Spider-Man. I think he actually throws multiple, actually. <laughs> yes, he does. And uh, as uh, Thundra gets uh, thrown into the uh, food, now she is really mad. And Spidey says, uh, cream corn's really a good color on you. <laughs> Stupid. That's Spidey always with a quip. I, uh, if there's anything I dislike about Spider-Man, it's his cheese ball quips. I hate them. And it's this thunderous match. She's charging at Spidey head on. But then MJ kicks a plate of jello. Yes. Which slips Thundra. <laughs> and man, she crashes like over Spider Man. That jello really did a number on her. Mary Jane says that uh, this is going to be her first front page story. So then he sneaks behind Wizard who had taken some hostage. He just kind of slides underneath and grabs him. He uh, throws him, kicks him down the school hallway. At this point, Flash Thompson interrupts, <laughs> offers to help because he's Spider-Man's biggest fan. Spidey tells uh, Flash Thompson that uh, he can help him uh, if he gets in his locker and waits for his signal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that actually truly made me laugh. <laughs> so Flash does it because he's a, he's a huge uh, Spider-Man fan. The Frightful Four leave because they're not paid to fight cops because the cops are showing up at the school. So they, they hightail it out of there. Norman comes all upset because Harry's been hurt during the fight. And uh, Peter apologizes, but he says there's nothing you could have done. Like a little hint. Yes. Like a little hint that he doesn't know that he's Spider-Man, but if only. Uh, he's down, but Flash still being in the locker, that helps Spidey feel a little bit better. <laughs> yes, he was, he was sad walking down the hallway, but then he heard just, Spider-Man? Spider-Man? That actually like genuinely made me laugh. Then we cut to JJJ. Uh, he blames the school fight on Spider-Man, of course. No matter, <laughs> always the opportunist, that Spider-Man. And uh, it shows like clips of other people listening to Jameson's yeah. like report, and it seems like they all have that same face of like, yeah, I guess Spider-Man yeah, is a menace. Maybe he is a menace. Yeah. And then we we cut to talking about Aunt May, and. She's cooking, but it's a subterfuge to subvert your expectations. Because apparently, in this version, she's employed. She teaches a yoga class. She oh goes my bowling. god! Yeah, she's like this super active woman who does all these things on top of being a mo- like a single mother. And uh, can we just address 
how many versions of Aunt May are we going to get? Are we going to get an old version? Are we going to get a hot version? Like this one looks like Aunt May, but I don't know why they had to add all this all the extra yoga and all. I guess maybe they were in their eyes are trying to make her a more interesting character. I, I you don't have to, but and this is probably my cynical thought, but I have to assume it's to cater. Not so much cater because I guess the show's for kids, but maybe it's to put in the kids' minds that moms can do more than just be moms. I mean, I don't know. I, I know that's a very cynical thought to think that they're pushing these ideologies that single moms are these bigger heroes and what I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know no, what I'm no, trying no. to hammer home? Uh, the employed I could get, you know, because then you, yeah. you can avoid all those future storylines where Spidey's got to do this and that to get Correct. money and hot May. Where but. Mom May's just <laughs> sucking from the system. Yeah. So then we go to the hospital, and uh, Harry's in the hospital, but he says he's okay. They, um, they did trick you with the the flatline. Oh yeah, they do the flatline. How did that work again? It was just it was just the flatline, but then the lady unplugs it because she's just rolling the thing out. <laughs> yeah, that's because that basically that it was them unhooking him from the machine. Yeah, that's right, and he's fine. Norman says that it's strange they think Spidey goes to the school, and then this is dude. This <laughs> I laugh legit. <laughs> Love this bit. Made me laugh. Uh, he says, oh, Pete says, oh, yeah, he sits next to me in Spanish class. <laughs> and they cut to this amazing shot of Spider-Man wearing a sombrero and playing <laughs> mariachi music on a guitar. <laughs> Which would not have aged well today. Oh my. And he says something in Spanish. I believe it had something to do with the library. Because uh, he says biblioteca, and then uh, <laughs> and then it cuts back to Norman, who just straight faced him. <laughs> there was just a moment of silence for like fifteen seconds of no one saying anything. Uh, that that's the part that got me the most. So he goes later to. Uh, to, to <laughs> I love a good joke that falls flat. Yeah. His joke that fell made flat. The joke was, even better. Yeah. yeah, and then he's just because nah, I was legit laughing at yeah. Spider Man <laughs> in the sombrero. And, so they go to Aunt May and uh, he says he forgot the cake and he's very sorry. And she's upset about uh, the frightful four attacking the school. And she said if she had any money, she would put Peter in a private school. And he goes and he has the typical Peter Parker self-turmoil in his room where he's always letting people down. Spider-Man's always letting people down. And then he has Spider-Man appears in the mirror and he has like a little his own back and forth argument with the mirror version of Spider-Man. That he's always letting him down and, that, and that's it. He's not okay with just being amazing. He's going to be ultimate. <laughs> you see what they did there? They, <laughs> I should have counted the amount of times they managed to fit ultimate. <laughs> I wish we could have had a trivia question. I wish we watched it, then did the whole episode. You could have done a trivia question on how many times they say ultimate in the show. But like, I, I brought this up on the Hulk episode where they kept saying Hulk. Mm -hmm. You don't say ultimate very often unless you're talking about ultimate Frisbee. Or if something is the very pinnacle. Yes, like that's their title. But like, you know, when the Patriots won, you would say the ultimate team, you know, because yes. they won. <laughs> I don't think you use ultimate all that often in everyday conversation. No, no. You, uh, yeah, unless it's part of the name of something. But they managed to fit into this <laughs> over and over and over again. All right, so then he goes to the shield helicarrier. And true alert, lasers are shooting at him left and right. He's fighting. He's getting through. He's not getting blasted. He's trying to stop. He almost falls off at one point, yes. but he manages to shoot the web. His spidey sense is really kicking in here. Yeah. It's an overdrive. And then Nick Fury shows up with the old car alarm and even goes, eh. 
boop, boop, shuts all the lasers off. Yeah. <laughs> and Spidey says, all right, I'm in. Spider-Man reporting for duty. <laughs> and then the final note, they wrap it up. Nick Fury says, welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. Hope you survive the experience. Then boom, end credits. <laughs> like That's the big cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, that's going to hook you. That's really going to hook you. So there you have it, folks. That was Ultimate Spider-Man, Episode 1, Great Power, which kind of, I wouldn't call it a cliffhanger, but definitely ended on a note where there's a lot of stuff going to come, obviously planting the seeds of Doc Ock, Norman Osborn, and him being a member of S.H.I.E.L.D., as well as the Frightful Four. Um, we're going to get a lot of our thoughts, but we're going to go, we're going to start with the Spectrometer. Every week we rank what we watched in the spectrometer, zero spectros being couldn't get any worse, and four being pretty much perfection. Julian Starr, how do you rank on the spectrometer? Ultimate Spider-Man, great power. Does it? Am I allowed to say like two point something? Well, uh, usually people traditionally say like half stars. Ah, I got you. Okay. So I'm going to go with three. And three, yeah, right. I'm gonna go with three, and the reason why is because I did like the take that it was it was like we just said in the beginning was this show this this style is literally it's like I'm watching a comic book like I'm flipping through pages and that comic book's just like happening with all the weird like cutscenes and the weird like like cut back and forth yeah. with like weird little emojis in the middle and then like you know they even when they do the the flashbacks it it seems like you know how they do like the weird black and white yeah kind of, you know what i mean like it's telling it, it just felt like i was watching a comic book happening in real life so i like that style and i like the the art style of it because it's very comic booky it looks a little japanese but and in spider-man spider-man i liked i enjoyed the character of spider-man portrayed in this in this show so and i don't mind the whole cramming the information in the beginning just because i think their plan is to tell a whole new story and they don't want to spend it telling an origin for a whole season so kind of torn uh there are things i liked about it things i did not like about it i'm probably gonna go a little lower i'm gonna go two and a half i do like that a lot of times uh i think the <laughs> the original intent of superheroes has been lost is they're kind of aimed for children so i do applaud them for aiming this for a little bit younger i <laughs> liked spider-man and a lot of the jokey stuff they did in it uh it's definitely a different approach uh, the reason I'm going to rank a little lower, I've never been a fan, and it seems to be an obsession with Spider-Man in the last 10 years, of making him have mentors, and I prefer Spider-Man acting on his own, you know, and the whole homework and all that getting into it, so I, I'm not a huge fan of the connecting him to S.H.I.E.L.D., that I'm not a huge fan of, uh, and very odd villain choices, and I don't really... Uh, uh, I don't know if the Aunt May part's really necessary. <laughs> no, I just if if I want to be nitpicky, I would drop it to two point five for similar reasons. Same thing. I feel like Spider Man. They have this new thing where they always want to give him a mentor, and they they yeah. just like, Spider Man just can't be Spider Man. <laughs> um, and yeah, the the Aunt May thing just feels like it's like why? Yeah, just it just seemed unnecessary. I don't need to. I know he's she's the aunt, and I know she's there for him. That's all I need to know. I don't need to know all this extra stuff. Unless you're trying to hammer something home. I, I did enjoy, uh, <laughs> really, the sombrero, Spider-Man and the sombrero. <laughs> the comedy in it is there. It's good. Yeah. Um, there's just, there's almost too much. Well, a lot of it, when I was researching, a lot of complaints said that it was too goofy. Yes. It's and, very And it was cartoony. derivative of other things that weren't Spider-Man-like. It felt like I was watching 
a show on the Cartoon Network or something. Like it wasn't like I was watching Saturday morning cartoons like it was in 94, 97, where I'm like, there's Spider-Man. He has his terrible quips, but this is some serious business here. It's a superhero fighting crime. This feels like a wacky... It looked like that's I guess the best way I could put it. It feels like a wacky Spider-Man. It's especially drastic if you compare it to Spider-Man the animated series, which took a lot more of a serious approach. Yes, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed a majority of it, so I'm going to give it two and a half. Where it's not bad, I just wouldn't go as far as to call it great. It's sad to say that I'm like I judge it based on uh, in this day and age where we are. I think I picked up my phone once just to check to see what time it was, but it did draw me away from my phone. Most things, if you're not interested, you pick up your phone, you go through Facebook, whatever. I was in tune the whole time. So, And the question I always ask every week, if a child in 2021 stumbled across Ultimate Spider-Man, great power, would they enjoy it? Absolutely. I don't know if you have seen cartoons these days, but they are terrible. <laughs> they're bad. They're so, I've heard that. They're so, like, just... It's just so catered to kids and their sensitivities now that this actually would be... It's right up their alley. Some of the humor reminded me a little bit of Teen Titans Go, so I, yes. I, I would say kids probably would like it, and a kid who was a Spider-Man fan would definitely enjoy it. Absolutely. If someone asked me, hey, what's the first Spider-Man cartoon to watch? I wouldn't say Ultimate Spider-Man, but no. I wouldn't say avoid it or anything. I, I think you would enjoy it for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you might, <laughs> if you don't have a dumb sense of humor, I probably <laughs> would avoid it. The, I would say the only thing, and this is... A very specific situation, but similar to you and me and, and anyone else, if you'd seen anything before this, no, you probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. But if this is your first introduction to Spider-Man, yeah, you would enjoy it. There you have it, folks. Ultimate Spider-Man. Great power. I want to thank my guest, Julian Star, for joining us. It was great to team up once again. Yeah, it's uh, this was fun. It brought a lot of memories back, and I, I don't think we've been gone for too long, but... Our last episode of our podcast was in November, believe yeah, it or not. that's crazy. So it's been long enough. I don't know about you, but it feels like natural chemistry. It does. It feels like we never left. Yeah. <laughs> Still got it, brother. So is this going to get you back into the podcasting world? Will you reboot our old podcast? Soon as they get the studio in my room, <laughs> we're starting again. <laughs> well, what did you think of Ultimate Spider-Man Great Power? If you can go to my social media, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Matt Spectro, you know, you can go to my Facebook page, Matt Spectro through the multiverse. Please give me your thoughts on the episode. Were we too nice? Did you like it more? Did you like it less? If you hated it and, or you loved it, you know, that's great. We're not taking that away from you. I always want to hear from your opinion. Uh, I want to hear your opinion on my co-host, my guest star this week, episodes you might want to hear, guests you might want to see back, cartoons we haven't gotten to that you want to see. Just give us all a hoot. Give us a hoot. <laughs> a holler? A holler. Holler! If you hear me! And uh, let us know. Uh, Julian, do uh, you have any uh, anything you want to plug? Not everybody does, but I always uh, give people the opportunity. I did have an inappropriate joke for that, but I'm going to go ahead and just stick it away. It's just my humor. Any final thoughts on uh, Spider-Man? For anyone power? who's listening, I do plan on starting a Twitch channel at some point. I do want to base it right. around what you and I used to talk about, which is professional wrestling. I don't know. i just talk a little bit about wrestling. And then um, I'm, it's more of a gaming. Uh, I love playing video games. It's If there's two passions I love in life, it's pro wrestling and video games. I just I see so many people do it, and I've always wanted to do it. So I do plan on starting a Twitch channel. It's J underscore star underscore one on Twitch. Um, still you know, working on the details and stuff to get it off the ground. But basically what I want to do is try to review just some wrestling matches 
that are on YouTube, and then um, I'm just going to game, and we can shoot the shit about wrestling, video games, whatever you want. Just, you know, jump into the chat, and we'll hash it out. All right, I will update anybody here when this does happen. There's a question up before we wrap this up I want to ask, because uh, you know former guest Jamie, Jamie Kowski. You know former guest The Ray. You know former guest Sky Slayer. There's a debate on who is the actual biggest Batman expert. Ooh. You think you would be able to determine of the three of them? So I put a lot of credit into Scotty for being a comic book fan in general, but that's because of how he presents himself. I've seen Jamie Jamikowski's office and all the stuff regarding Batman. So for that one reason, just because of his ownership of objects, I would say him. Ray, unfortunately, because I know so little about it, falls completely out of that race. So Ray's three. I would say it's a, jump between Scotty and Jamie and strictly because of how Scotty has talked up his knowledge of comics. I would say Scotty is a bigger fan than Jamie. All right. There you have it folks. If you could smash that subscribe button, give me a like, give my Facebook page a like and a follow. Give me your two cents. I really appreciate it. Share it. Always trying to make the podcast grow and always want to hear suggestions. Again, I'm going to thank Julian Starr for joining us. And join us again next week for another exciting episode of Matt Spectro Through the Multiverse. Excelsior!